Hello and welcome to At First Glance, a podcast where we take a glance at movies, television, anime, comics, video games, and let you know if it's worth a second. And today we're talking about Wonder Woman 1984, and I am your host, Jeremy McKinley. The year, 1984, a time of great excess, bright colors, big hair, and even bigger ambitions. Patty Jenkins is back in the captain's chair, now with a co-writing credit to boot. Let's see if she can smack it out of the park again like she did with the first one. This time we have the Amazon powerhouse going up against wannabe business tycoon Maxwell Lord, played wonderfully by Pedro Pascal, also the Mandalorian, and from Narcos. And what's a hero without a foe to trade superhuman blows with? We have in this corner of Cheetah. A role filled by Kristen Wiig of SNL fame. And add in a plot involving magic wishes, BFs coming back from the grave, and a whole lot of chaos, and we got ourselves a movie. But was it a good movie? In my opinion, to quote Mr. Maxwell Lord, it's good, but it can be better. First, the pros, as I like to always start off on a positive note. Gal Gadot is, of course, good as double dubs. And in fact, at small moments, she even shows improvement from her first performance as the character. Pedro Pascal, as I said earlier, is great. Uh, he plays the character like the love child of Lex Luthor and Saul Goodman. Chris Pine is great as always, and the Amazons are good in the flashback scene, especially Robin Wright. Uh, the only real character I had a problem with was Cheetah, but it was more a script problem than a performance problem. Uh, her character's rise to evil was very generic. Uh, take a nerdy, nebbish, introverted person, uh, have them get picked on and ignored, and give them superpowers, and voila! I give you Jim Carrey's The Riddler. I mean, sorry, Jamie Foxx's Electro. Whoops, I mean, ugh, sorry, I mean Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. I mean, Kristen Wiig's Catwoman. Sorry. Fourth time is the charm. Uh, anyways, other good things to discuss. Uh, the action was good for the most part. The standouts being the opening Amazon obstacle course and the fight at the White House. Uh, there's a point where Diana doesn't have uh, all her powers, or not all her powers, but she's just her powers are kind of cut in half, and so it creates good tension to see her have to compensate for not being as strong and fast as she normally is. Uh, kind of reminded me of a Batman Brave and the Bold episode where Batman gets Superman's powers for an episode and he becomes really, really lazy so that when he loses those powers, he kind of like has to has to realize that he kind of got lazy because of that. And it kind of feels that way here. Like she's not lazy, but she just realizes she's not as fast and has to like be smarter about how she fights. So I really enjoyed that and made that action scene uh, full of all kind of good tension. Uh, some of the wire work did feel a bit hokey as Diana swings around in certain areas. Uh, I know they didn't. I know they did it on purpose as it was trying to like be an homage to the old TV show as well as just kind of the cheesiness of the '80s. But it just wasn't an aesthetic I liked. Uh, the swinging looked too stiff. Uh, the majority of times she swung, she reminded me of an action figure. Although I will say Diana did look pretty freaking dope swinging on bolts of lightning, as you saw in the trailer. Uh, however, the final fight with Cheetah did leave a lot to be desired, and I mean a lot. Now, if you thought the battle with the Night King in Game of Thrones was too dark to follow, you haven't seen anything yet, pun intended. And what's worse is that it felt so unnecessary. Uh, it added nothing to the story, nor to the visuals. 
and I honestly just couldn't tell what was happening. And this is gonna sound weird coming from a huge DCEU fan, but the shit was just way too dark. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm here all week. Anyway, moving on. I did, however, like how Double Dubs resolved the Maxwell Lord situation, appealing to the human underneath the villain, felt more on brand, and was a much-needed reprieve from the typical climactic battle to save the world. Now to hop over to the other side of the coin, the less-than-favorable aspects of the film. It's, it's mostly little things, uh, like Double Dubs sleeping with Steve Trevor while he's in someone else's body. Uh, the whole thing with she makes a wish to bring him back and he kind of just inhabits someone else's body. And he even looks like the other person, but she sees Steve Trevor and everyone else just sees that guy. And I just kind of was, after watching the movie, it kind of the whole ethics thing just kind of felt felt gross. They also steal a jet straight off a tarmac, and just stealing stuff just doesn't feel like Wonder Woman at all. And they never really address it again, or how she just knows to just go grab a jet that's apparently fully fueled and ready to go. And there's also a plot point where Diana can turn things invisible, despite it never being set up and it only being used once. I'm going to give you one guess as to what she turns invisible. It's not hard to think about if you know about Wonder Woman in the most basic sense, even if you've just watched Super Friends, especially if you've only watched Super Friends. And, uh, and, and although Maxwell Lord does turn over a new leaf at the last second, thus preventing the world from ending in total nuclear Armageddon, we see him face no consequences for his actions, which bothers me, despite the fact they did the same thing with Magneto and X-Men Apocalypse, and it didn't bother me there. I don't know, I'm a hypocrite, but I don't know. It, it, I, I guess I care about Magneto more than Maxwell Lord, or I don't know. But yeah, I'm just acknowledging my, my, my hypocrisy there, but they did it here, and I did not like it. Uh, the movie has a very one-and-done structure, which I personally love. In this MCU era where everything is just a stepping stone to something else. Now, I don't mind a movie setting up future stories within the current narrative. I just don't want it to turn movies into two-hour first acts for a single story. But, all in all, this was a fun romp. Not one of DC's best, but far from its worst. It's light and inconsequential fun. Don't expect something as good as the first, as lightning is hard to catch on a consistent basis. Going in with these expectations, I think it's worth a second glance, and I'm going to give it a 7.75 out of 10. Thank you for joining me for At First Glance. You can find our podcast on Podbean and on iTunes. And until next time, thank you for joining me.